Welcome to the Starsology Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Arwen O'Neill, and today I am here again with my friend, Katya. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. Today we're going to be talking about another Venus aspect. This is Venus trine Neptune. And we have talked in the past about Venus square Pluto. We've talked about Mars opposite Uranus. And this time we're going to be talking about a trine, which is a soft aspect. And we haven't really talked about soft aspects yet, because just honestly, they don't tend to be as noticeable when they happen in the world as a transit. They're not as you know volatile or intense or mm-hmm. noticeable. But the reason this one is going to be so much fun to talk about is because, well, first of all, we're going to obviously talk about the transit and what Mm -hmm. that means. And then we're going to talk about what it means in your chart. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have some examples of celebrities, which we love. Yay. (laughs) But but the the fun thing about this one is that it's going to be exact on Christmas Day. Oh, uh, is that all every year? No. Or is this just like, this just happened? Yeah, this is just, it happens. So that is going to be, it's a really interesting energy to have on Christmas day because mm-hmm. the signs it's involved with our Venus will be at 25 degrees Scorpio and Neptune will be at 25 degrees Pisces. So this is a water trine, which is the most sort of flowing and soft and romantic and emotional mm-hmm. of all of the trines. And in with Scorpio and Pisces, there's going to be a flowing romantic intensity that's going to dilute the energy of, of these rough aspects that are kind of going on that we've talked mm-hmm. about so much in the past, which is, I think, a really nice thing for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, we've talked a lot about, about these intense, crazy things that are happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially if you're living in the Northern Hemisphere, this is really it's about this snowy, sort of almost mythical, mm-hmm. spiritual snowfall that's going to just blanket the land and make everything pretty and softer and kind of lovely for for a couple of days right around the holidays. Which... Oh, how perfect. As soon as you said that, I got like a, like a good chill. A like good I got, chill. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like that first snowfall yes. chill. Like, oh, everything's so pretty. Yeah. So this stimulates imagination, creativity, but still a lot of it has to do with the heart. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. hundred percent. That's exactly right. And it's neat because this is going to create warm, fuzzy feelings among people. It's going to smooth the edges that normally could be rough. So if you're getting together with family or kids that you don't see all the time or just having a romantic meal with your partner, this is going to be nice because it's going to – maybe you have conflicts throughout the year, but this is a great aspect that's just going to sort of smooth over all that stuff and make for a really lovely day Mm -hmm. and – it's going to, with, with Neptune, we didn't talk about what Neptune means, but Neptune is basically the planet of that rules glamour, it rules delusion, it rules illusions, drugs and alcohol and narcotics, not necessarily stimulants like, like you'd have with Mars or Uranus, which mm-hmm. would be kind of more of a speedy, vitalizing sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's more to do with absinthe or, or, or alcohol or mm-hmm. wine or drugs that, that make you sort of relax. It's almost like the trope of um, the old movie stars putting Vaseline on the camera lens oh. to sort of smooth out the wrinkles. I didn't That's, know they did that. Oh, they totally <laughs> did. Yeah. Or like putting a nylon stocking over the lens. Yes. This is before we had filters, hashtag no filter. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
so Venus Neptune aspects are very much like the Vaseline on the lens aspect. Mm, so it takes on that dreamy spiritual quality, makes everything look fantastical. Exactly. Oh, I like it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting because this is a, Neptune has a lot to do with the film industry. Um, Neptune was discovered in 1848, right around the time that photography was really becoming a thing. And so Neptune has a lot to do with photography, with with imagery, the the false sense that you can give with an image. Right after the invention of photography, they began, you know, sort of manipulating photographs. And and so you have you have these illusion illusionary sort of photographs from the very early days when they were using very primitive, like bizarre sort of chemical on metal sort of, you know, mm-hmm. forms of photography. But very soon after the invention of photography, you you begin to see the manipulation of photography and people putting images together in ways that would distort reality. And you have um, stunt photography and um, mm-hmm. science fiction becoming a thing very early on in, in the film industry. Think of like the the one with the moon, and uh, I can't remember the name of it, but you have like these chase scenes where like they're splicing together things and mm-hmm. and sort of making heightening reality through through imagery and through like a false portrayal that almost makes it seem hyper real. Ooh. Yeah, so I would say Venus Neptune is more of like a, a heightened reality and also a softening of of the edges. I like it. And um, how does this look like in someone's chart? Yeah, so it's super interesting. Anytime Venus aspects an outer planet, we, you know, typically have a more intense and since they're like the transpersonal planets, the outer planets, it's it's often like a, a karmic sort of feeling. And can you tell us a little more about how this looks like in someone's chart? And feel free to use as many celebrity examples. All right. <laughs> well, <you> have them. <laughs> yeah, I do. And the celebrity examples for this one are amazing. But uh, but first let's talk about what this what this means exactly. So Neptune, of course, is about idealizing spiritual, imaginative qualities. And when you combine that with Venus, that is going to be someone who is really artistic, creative, sympathetic, warm, with deep emotions, but not always necessarily seeing things as they really are. Mm-hmm. So if you meet somebody when Venus is transiting Neptune, any of the aspects of Venus-Neptune, you might not see them for what they are. You might sort of have this that soft Vaseline focus on the lens when mm-hmm. you when you see them, and you might struggle with reconciling what they're really like as the relationship develops. If you have this in your chart, you're going to really want to have. I mean, well, first of all, you're probably not going to just have this in isolation as the only aspect that Venus makes. You know, hopefully, you'll also have some aspects to, you know, Mercury or to Saturn. Ideally, that would sort of offset the the dreamy delusional quality of Neptune. So you might have really romantic personality, but you might also have, you know, something that sort of drives you to take things seriously or to, to put in a lot of work. So when you have these delusions that, that kind of, you know, get shattered in the relationship as, as the honeymoon phase or so mm-hmm. wears off, hopefully you'll have something that will, that will create that desire to sort of work through it, to get to know them as a person and to sort of actually have a back and forth instead of just dealing with this projection that you've kind of created. And projection is another very Neptunian word because, ah. of course, like film projection, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But but yeah, you might not always see people as they are and you might struggle with with reality. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. anything where Neptune is um, is aspecting one of your personal planets, you are going to have a struggle with facing things honestly. Maybe there's an uh, you know addictive quality to it where you can want to drown your sorrows, take the edge off of reality with chemicals, dishonesty or not 
facing reality so much and, and mm-hmm. end up not being yourself really in relationships because maybe you have this ideal that is overriding what it's actually like to be real person in a give and take relationship, unfortunately. Yeah, well, there's a lot of comfort in seeing relationships or just life in general, general through uh, rose colored glasses. Totally. And so I, I, I get that. Yeah. But of course, when it starts to swing too far the other way, where it's, that's no longer a uh, the uplifting, compassionate energy, then you you might struggle with that. Absolutely. And the, the positive side of that, of course, is that, you know, even when you're seeking perfection, if you don't seek perfection, you're never going to stumble upon it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it does take work. But this the, the great thing about this aspect is that it enables people who have it to actually really see the spiritual and elevated side of their relationships. And mm-hmm. some people are too mired in reality to ever even think that's a possibility. So if you don't think that it's possible to find, you know, heavenly inspiration in a, in your partner or in your relationships or in your creative output, you're never going to because mm-hmm. you you won't even want that, you know. Um, so it's actually a quite lovely thing if if you aren't slapped down by reality, mm-hmm. so to speak. You can actually see things in a much more beautiful light than people who don't have this aspect because. Mm-hmm. Other people wouldn't even think to to see things that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings us to our celebrity examples. Yes. <laughs> Tell us more. Okay. <laughs> so people who have Venus trine Neptune in their in their personal charts include Ariana Grande, Ooh. Kurt Cobain, wow. Amy Winehouse, James Dean, Miles Davis, Anthony Bourdain, F. Scott Fitzgerald, J.R.R. Tolkien and Alan Watts. And we really see not only the creative and spiritual side of the aspect, Mm -hmm. but also, unfortunately, the dark side that includes addiction, escapism, self-delusion, and in some cases, even self-harm and suicide. Mm -hmm. But obviously, that's not going to play out the way for everyone. We look at celebrity examples because they show us an extreme. They show us the, the archetype. It's almost like the stories that we made up about the gods back in ancient times, because these are our modern day gods. Yeah. And also another really interesting one is Abraham Lincoln. You know, he's best known for being the president who freed the slaves, which speaks to his idealism and his sensitivity and his intense spirituality in a positive sense. Someone who felt that humans all are equal mm-hmm. and that everyone deserves an equal chance. And that is a very Neptunian quality. Mm-hmm. But he's also known for having a very loving and egalitarian relationship with his wife, which was not always the case back then. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they lost their son at a very young age, and he was absolutely emotionally devastated by, yeah. by the death of his young son while he was in office and had to struggle through. Back then, that was not a super uncommon thing, but it's it's interesting to to see someone who was so famous and so powerful and, and had mm-hmm. so much influence at that time and just emotionally devastated by, by this horrible loss in his personal life, yeah. which we still remember to this day. And, and there have been you know many books and, and plays, even... Um, I think it was Lincoln and the Bardo, which was a few years ago. It was all about him in this graveyard of, of spirit and mm. this interesting contemplative spiritual side of... Yeah. yeah. So seeing how Venus and Neptune are already at play in um, all of these uh, people's charts, it can help us see how this dreamy, heartfelt transit taps into their basic nature and how mm-hmm. human they are and how it's uh, how it plays out. And yeah. And also, I mean, these people have created like thinking Kurt Cobain, Miles Davis, mm. Amy Winehouse, 
the most beautiful music that yeah. we still love like decades later mm-hmm. and their lives may be spiraled into addiction and, and self-destruction, mm-hmm. but their creative work is immortal, you know, yeah. and it's something that speaks to us. In ah, a, you gave me goosebumps again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, we're all going to die at some point, but you know, yeah. having something that affects people on such a deep emotional and, and transcendent and spiritual level is kind of the highest ideal that you can want with Mercury and Neptune or sorry, with Venus and Neptune. Yeah. Any movie recommendations uh, that are great uh, to view during this transit stream, romantic vibration is something that comes to mind. Sure. Well, I mean, gosh, there are so many amazing romantic movies. I imagine that it, it, like something like that would embrace the, the magic and insanity of love, of yeah. attraction, of yeah, obsession. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 really the the transformative like spiritual quality of love, mm. and and also like all these love letters to Hollywood, which come out every once in a while. So, I mean, if you want to talk about like. Um, like La La Land would be probably a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, and, absolutely. And any of the older, yeah. like old black and white movies, like musicals, definitely would, yeah. would have. There were a lot of musicals that had to do with water back in the forties. That was mm-hmm. a really interesting thing. Esther Esther Williams, I think, had like the the water ballet, almost total Venus Neptune thing. You know, kind of on the on the darker, but but absolutely beautiful side. There's obviously Titanic, mm-hmm. which is like an incredible love story, which, you know, talks about like the, the transformative power of water, water, yeah. you know, Neptunian quality and, and death and love, yeah. immortality of, of love, even when the, the actual object of love might not be immortal. Mm-hmm. And I assume a few movies also about islands and being isolated on yeah. an island, maybe. Definitely. I can't Let's... think of any at the moment, but mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of lost on an island. Like, yeah. what was that? Blue Lagoon? Lo- Lo- yeah, Blue Lagoon. I was going to say Lost Lagoon, but yeah. Lost Lagoon, yeah. There's... Very Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's funny. There's an article here on the Astrology Place, which is a website, mm-hmm. and it calls uh, Venus Trine Neptune the queen of the happy ending. It doesn't uh, give any specific uh, movie examples, mm-hmm. but it does talk about how, like, being a sucker for a happy ending might be a very Venus Neptune thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to this site, it says that there's a soft and seductive beauty, like an enchanted mermaid, to uh, to this aspect. You have high expectations when it comes to romance. Your mm-hmm. loving nature is all encompassing. You are tending to be selfless sacrificial, giving and devoted, whether or not the object of your devotion is deserving of those things. And you're eager to love everyone and everything. And you don't expect anything in return necessarily. Possibly you could become a doormat, but mm-hmm. with any luck, I mean, if you don't hope for a happy ending, how are you going to get one? You know, yeah. it's, it's not the cynics in life who end up with wonderful, like lifelong, wonderful relationships that are that are just super romantic, you know, mm-hmm. any kind of fairy tale that has a happy ending would definitely be a Venus Neptune thing. For sure. Okay. I'm going to look at Netflix and see what yeah. recommendations they have. Something around water, around oh. love, and happy endings. I mean, let's talk splash. Yes. The shape of water. Uh-huh. Big time. I mean, anything where there's mermaids, really. Yeah. yeah. Unless they're like the, uh, you know, the vengeful evil kind of mermaids that devour you, which is mm-hmm. interesting. But yeah, we're talking about the trine here. So let's talk yeah. about the love, <laughs> the, the mermaid as a love interest. How about like just the little mermaid? Or is that two? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> obviously, yeah, <laughs> amazing. And talk about happy endings for sure. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, this is uh, something you can do this Christmas if you want. <laughs> you can slap on the Little Mermaid and yeah. uh, and just dive into not the holiday movie I had in mind, but I welcome this. Actually, yeah, the Venus yeah. Neptune beauty of, yeah. of just love as a transformative and uh, oceanic quality. Yeah, and so if you're being you're the 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 romantic, you're the you're trying to show somebody your romantic side, and maybe it's a, in a relationship, will they perceive it in the same way as like will they appreciate oh, that, or is it just mostly because it's in your chart? That's and, the thing, yeah. right? It's all about what's in your chart and finding somebody who is a really good match mm. often has to do with not to jump around too much, but we've yeah. talked about in, in the Mars Pluto aspects and stuff. Like if someone, or sorry, Mars Uranus, we talked about whether someone with that aspect would attract someone who was just as volatile oh, yeah. and aggressive. And we said that it was actually more likely they would ex- attract the opposite. Someone who was an enabler, someone who was mm-hmm. uh, sort of a stable point in their with their volatility and where mm-hmm. they would be aggressive and sort of flying off the handle all the time. Their partner might be someone who talks them down or sort of acts as a foil and just enables them to not get in too much trouble. Mm-hmm. But with these Venus aspects, I think what we really see is like people attracting like. In my personal chart, I've got Venus conjunct Pluto, and so does my partner. Oh, <laughs> so hey, we both okay. we both are intensely passionate about the person we love. We both feel yes. like love is like life and death, and mm-hmm. we are passionately devoted to each other, and mm-hmm. we wouldn't have it any other way. Like I wouldn't want to be with someone who didn't think that the relationship was the most important thing in their life. You know, yeah. I wouldn't want to be like second to someone's career or children even. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. just me, you know, personally, you do tend to find with Venus aspects, you know, whatever your Venus aspect, you tend to attract someone who has a similar feeling, ideally, because mm-hmm. if you if you don't, you were you're going to be putting all of this energy into the relationship, and not getting back what you expect what mm-hmm. you think of as a loving attitude, you know, a loving way of treating you. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? it, it, it won't be reciprocated. Right. And it's not necessarily on purpose. No. But I guess find out first if you're a mermaid <laughs> and then look for your merman or mer lady or <laughs> mer whoever. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you'll have a lovely starry eyed love affair. <laughs> Im- impressive, impressive. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not to say opposites can't attract, but in a successful long-term relationship, you really do want to know that what you're putting in, you're getting back. And, Mm -hmm. and, and of course, depending on how important relationships are to you, Mm -hmm. for some people, they're less important. And that Mm -hmm. has to do with, you know, maybe their Venus doesn't aspect anything and Mm -hmm. they're just like, yeah, whatever. My career is important. I have relationships here and there, or maybe they just like to play the field or they think of relationships as more of a sort of a utility or maybe a distraction. Mm. And Obviously, they wouldn't want to go after someone who is a Venus Neptune person or a Venus Pluto person mm-hmm. who will want that intensity and want the fairy tale. And if they're not capable or don't think that's important, well, then that's not the person for them. Yeah. You know? And I guess they could channel that uh, all this uh, love and dedication, that obsession or addiction or whatever mm. it is uh, towards a hobby or their work, yeah. like you said, with with art, with music, dance, music, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So I guess it could be channeled in a different way and still experienced, but not necessarily in a relationship with Absolutely. someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. And we definitely see that a lot in the celebrity examples, especially that we talk yeah. about. 
Because those are the examples we have. We don't always know exactly how someone's, even a friend of ours, we might think we know how they are in relationships, but you never really know unless you're in that relationship, Mm -hmm. how it it actually plays out. Yeah. The other aspect of it, especially with us getting closer to the holidays and how this time is that much more enhanced, Mm -hmm. um, this might be a good opportunity to donate, to be part of charitable projects, organizations. Spread the love. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really great point because it is also, as we said, it's like the soft focus. You may have like political feelings about people who, whatever, are are not as fortunate, but it's the time to sort of overlook whatever your political feelings may be and and think about, you know, what you can do to be generous, to be be loving, to to be accepting Mm -hmm. and smooth over those those sort of rough feelings that you may have and be the better person and yeah. you know, spiritually evolved. Mm-hmm. That's another yeah. thing with Venus Neptune. It's it's all about that elevated spirituality of love and of caring. That's beautiful. For your human, so tap into humans. your softer side. Yeah, absolutely. Good time for it. Yeah. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. And thanks for joining me again. Thank you so much for having me, Arwen. So fun. Yeah. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you in the new year. Thanks so much for getting this far through the episode. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the two main options of my astrology services. So the first one is coaching. If you are an aspiring astrologer, and by that I mean someone who's perhaps a hobbyist astrologer or someone who's learning astrology or a student, or you've got a few books and you've been doing it for a while, but perhaps you need a little bit of help to bring it all together, then maybe getting some astrological coaching from me would be the answer for you. The astrology coaching I offer is a one-hour session on Zoom, and it's tailored to answer your particular questions. For example, if you have issues with natal chart readings, we can go there. Or if you're having problems working with your forecasting, we can go there. Or even basic astrology stuff, or even getting yourself organized for your astrology business. The idea is that astrological coaching will answer your particular questions. It's tailored specifically to you and where you are in your astrological journey. And I'm happy to help you out with some guidance about how you can get going, what to focus on and what to dismiss. So that would be the astrological coaching for people trying to learn astrology. The second astrological service I offer is consultations. So this is for someone who perhaps doesn't know anything about astrology, but they just want to have their chart read or get their chart done. Call it what you will. So once more, this is a one hour consultation over Zoom. I will interpret your chart, tell you about the main features, tell you about where the energy is flowing, and all the rest of what is entailed in a thorough natal chart interpretation. I can also add in some forecasting in there too, bearing in mind we only have one hour. So just in summary, I've got coaching for people who want to learn astrology, and I've got uh, consultations for those who want to get an astrology reading done. I'm Alison Price from Starsology.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.